Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college side of our podcast here at Campus DeCanton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. And we are coming to you live. I feel like this is one of those, like when you, you know, you you're on Spotify and like an album comes up and you hear like that, ah, in the background, you're like, oh shit, it's a live performance. <laughs> I like That's live performances. Oh. I like the live performances. That might it's be the good. least popular thing you've ever said on the show. You think? I, I do mean, think. I think it's it's uh it, it it brings a lot of character. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm not so much of a fan, but yes, we are live here, guys. Uh, this will obviously be out in podcast form after, and you're not missing anything if you're not watching. But we are going live because we are giving away a signed Alabama Jerry Judy jersey. I have it right here. My wife said officially it must be out of the house this week, so we decided we give it away to one of you. Um, this is going to any of our listeners or members, actually members over at Campus Canton dot com that uh, have signed up for prize picks and deposited money through it um, twenty dollars deposit over there guys using promo code c2c um, get you an initial deposit match and that actually goes up to a hundred dollars uh, and if you deposit at least 20 bucks you get a free year at the website so go ahead check that out if you guys are not familiar with prize picks it's a really cool player props website I'm not just saying this because we're partnered with them. Of all of the ones that I have used before, I, I've used Monkey Knife Fight, Underdog, some other ones. Uh, they are my favorite. I think they give a wider array of props. Um, one week I played a prop that was just five quarterbacks to throw over half, like an interception, and it hit. Like, I mean, there are lots of fun props over there. So go check that out. Go check campusdecanton.com out. Uh, a lot of stuff going over there. We have a ton of really big projects coming for you guys this offseason. Uh, and subscribe here to the YouTube page if this is where you are watching here tonight. I know some are probably bringing in some people from Twitter as well. Um, but go ahead and check all of those things out. Giveaway will be at the end of the show, guys. So if you just want to come and see if your name is called out for this jersey, check back. 50 minutes, Colin? What do you think? An hour? Um, yeah, I would say I'd say about 50 minutes to an hour. Um, you can huh. come back around around 930. How long winded are you feeling tonight? Um, that's a good question. I and mean, we got a lot to talk about here tonight. Um, yeah. A lot of different segments. And it's, it's hard to say with me. I, I get very long winded. At least we don't have that endless list of bowl games to pick tonight. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> that yep. was terrible last show. Uh, we don't have to do that. We will go over some of the results of how we're doing so far. Um, we didn't. We did OK over the past you know, week and a half. Yeah. Well, I mean, this, this so, bowl season was so tough. Like yeah. with all the opt outs, games getting canceled left and right. Uh, I did make a nice little comeback after a very, very weak showing in week one. Yeah. Yeah. So we will talk about that here in a little bit, guys. Before we kick it off, though, this podcast is part of the Fantasy Points Media Group, along with a ton of other great podcasts, including the True North Fantasy Podcast, the Dynasty Happy Hour, a Play to Win Podcast, the Injury Prone Podcast with Dr. Edwin Porras. Dynasty Vipers, The Smoke Show, uh, Triple Play Fantasy Podcast, and the Fantasy Points Podcast itself. You can follow all of those on Twitter at one place, in one place at Fantasy Points Live. Or if you don't want to keep up every day, they do have a weekly Friday drop that recaps the entire week in the Fantasy Points media group. Breaking news, Caleb Williams, one of the top quarterbacks, if not the top quarterbacks in C2C drafts, has entered the transfer portal, Colin. He is thinking about leaving Oklahoma. Oklahoma, he says, is still in the mix. But we don't have a lot of information yet, so we're not going to just recklessly speculate on this. That's He's what we do the, here. We, we, we at least tell you guys we were putting on the speculation hat before we started. 
entering the portal, some rumored destinations. We've heard Georgia's in the mix, USC's in the mix, maybe Ole Miss, uh, some other ones thrown out there. Those seem to be the three uh, main ones. Instant reaction to any of those, Colin? Well, first, let me start off by saying here, I do think Caleb Williams is leaving um, due to the next note that we'll get to in a second here. But I do think Caleb Williams is entering the portal and leaving. Uh, the Georgia rumors are really, really interesting because Stetson Bennett can come back. Uh, I expect Stetson Bennett to come back. I don't think he's, I don't even know if he's a day two quarterback, to be honest with you. I mean, maybe just because he's led Georgia so far, somebody would take him day two. Mike Mayock's still around, so maybe he takes him. You, you better hope Chris Moxley is not listening to this uh, from the from wherever he is. Yes. Yeah, no, sorry. Sorry, Chris. Um, but yeah, so that one makes it interesting because I don't know if I see Kirby going away from Stetson Bennett just like he didn't go away from Jake Fromm, you know, after Fromm led them to the playoffs. Uh, and then they also brought in Stockton. They have Brock Vandergriff there for what that's worth. They, they have It's a very crowded situation there. Um, that one would be the most interesting. USC is obviously the biggest... Um, USC would also obviously be very interesting with, with Jackson Dart there. That could cause like another cascade, another ripple effect. Uh, and then, you know, like you said, with Ole Miss too, I think Kiff, I think he'd be good in Kiffin's offense. So that might be the one that I want to see him go to the most. Yeah, I don't have a preference. I mean, I think George is the one that that creates the biggest uh, diaspora of quarterbacks, so to speak. I think you Whoa. see... That's, yeah. a, that's a big that's, that's a so I have my word of the day calendar right here okay. that I'm trying to make it through 2022 with. So that's today's word. Okay. So we'll just rip that off there. We're good now. Okay. Nice. Um nice. yes, the biggest diaspora of quarterbacks. I think you'd see Gunnar Stockton leave there. I think you'd see JT Daniels leave there. I think you'd see Brock Vander. Like, I think that room would clear out in a hurry. I feel like Stetson Bennett might hang around and think that he has a shot, because why not? This dude has made it up this far. Like, just fake it till you make it, buddy keep doing you um so that's the one that's most most interesting because i think it would have the biggest impact on college football if he goes to uh old miss i don't think you really see anything happen there maybe luke altmeyer transfers we're not going to talk about him at all tonight but he we got to see some of him in the bowl game um and you know he played like a kid getting his first major action of the year but you know flashed a little bit mm -hmm. um and, and usc obviously you have jackson dart leave but that would be it um so so georgia for max chaos if that's what you want um you look like what do you want to say there Colin? um i was trying to remember but miller moss is the other one there he might leave he might leave anyway if we <laughs> seems like he's already content to sit there behind jackson door. i don't know i don't know i don't know so um so yeah we we've got those destinations uh, we'll keep you guys updated as we get more of those i'm assuming this will probably be a pretty quick process i can't see him drawing this out too far reactions to this already though we do have some things that have happened dylan gabriel who left ucf this year um was supposed to go to ucla i thought that was like a done deal apparently not he's already said he's going to oklahoma he's already switched uh, allegiances there so he'll be a sooner regardless i guess of what happens with caleb williams maybe he's gonna wait till caleb officially moves i don't really know uh, is he an okay bridge quarterback if, if they need one until they get to uh, the guy we're going to talk about here in a second yeah, I think Dylan Gabriel's the perfect bridge quarterback there. Uh, he's familiar with Lebby's system. Um, you know, we, we, there was kind of always speculation that he would end up wherever Lebby ended up. Uh, now he ends up at Oklahoma. He thought Caleb Williams is going to still be there. 
Um, Caleb Williams now obviously changes his mind. So he, I'm kind of surprised that he is able to flip again. I mean, after announcing it, I guess he never signed anything, but I think he's perfect as a bridge quarterback there. And I think that, that signal right there says to me that Caleb Williams is actually going to leave. Um, I know he said, OU is still in the mix, but I think, I don't know if Dylan Gabriel would go there and risk that if he doesn't think if people don't think he's leaving because Gabriel won't play ahead of Oklahoma, ahead of Caleb Williams if he sticks there. And then I, I think by the time that Caleb Williams would officially make his decision, it might be too late in the process for Gabriel to flip again. He just wants to explore all of his options, Colin. These are going to be the best years of his life. He's not an NFL quarterback, as we've discussed. So <laughs> you say that. Everyone's saying that. Everyone, Colin. Everybody. Even his own parents are saying that. Um, so that's the, that's what's happened already. We'll, we'll see what happens in the coming days here. I talked to, you know, I just mentioned Dylan Gabriel being a bridge because, you know, they bring in Nick Evers, like a quarterback that they flipped that, that Billy Napier apparently did not want at Florida. Um, so he decommitted there, quickly flipped over to OU. Um, he says he's ready. Of course he does. He doesn't strike me as a kid that would have come in at Oklahoma and played year one or should come into Oklahoma and play year one. Let's say for whatever reason he does have to start this year. Is that catastrophic for the Sooners? I mean, he's not a bad player, but it, it, at Oklahoma, I think you would have uh, you you would hope for better quarterback play than he's probably going to give you as a true freshman. Yeah, I think that's the thing there. I mean, I like I like Nick Evers. Uh, you know, I think Oklahoma is a good landing spot for him. Um, I think he is going to be a, a good fantasy quarterback as you know, as long as Jeff Levy's there. But I don't think he's ready to start year one. You know, like, like we talked about before, very few true freshmen are ready to start day one. And I don't think he's an exception to that rule. Now, if he has to start for them, yeah, that's kind of catastrophic. You know, I think that that drastically changes the um, expectations on Oklahoma's season next year. I mean, like we talked about a little bit uh, before in a different episode, you know, the Big 12 is is losing a fair amount of talent across the board. Um, Iowa State's not going to be the same team that they were this year. If the bowl game was any indication, Iowa State probably going to be bad. <laughs> yeah, so, you know, you're losing you're losing a lot of a lot of talent in that in the Big 12 total and Oklahoma is one of those teams that just kind of reloads you know and they were likely going to be a favorite next year if not the favorite but I don't think that would be the case with Nick Evers at quarterback so I think that maybe not catastrophic but that would definitely be a big setback well I'll tell you what guys we're doing this show live we might as well take advantage of it to anybody that's watching here right now I see we have we have some people here on YouTube Feel free to drop a comment in here. Tell us where you think you want to see him go or what you think should happen at Oklahoma. Um, and, and maybe we will, you know, sprinkle them in as we move on here throughout the rest of the show. We don't want to spend too much time on that because, again, we don't really know what's going on there. And, you know, I, I've left my speculation hat actually uh, in the car. I forgot mm. to bring it in tonight. Mm. So that's my bad. Um, I'm always so. wearing mine. I don't even want to know um, where you're wearing it. All right. So, Colin, <laughs> I think what was going to be our biggest story before we hopped into Caleb Williams here, um, bless him for giving us more content here uh, two hours before our show <laughs> kicks off, college football playoff review. I'm not just going to sit here and break down the games. What we want to talk about is kind of some of the takeaways that we have 
uh, after watching these two. Now, full disclosure, I only watched the first half of the Alabama game. I had a very nice dinner reservation um, for New Year's. Uh, it was oh. really, really good. Yeah, at best nice. sushi I've ever had. It was so, so Ooh, good. okay. Uh, it was like an Asian, uh, yeah, place. It was really, really good. Um, so I missed the second half. I really didn't need to watch it after what I saw in the first half. And I did watch almost all the Georgia game. So I like I, I think I can talk on both of these. Did you watch both these games, Colin? Uh, yeah, I did. I'm actually the opposite of you. I watched the Alabama Cincy game and then did not watch the second half of Georgia Michigan. I didn't really feel like I needed to see the second half there. That game was pretty much already decided at that point. Well, they were both blowouts. I don't know who here at CampusCan.com was saying that both these games would be blowouts. Um, I have no idea. I don't know. <laughs> it um, certainly wasn't me. I actually um, I moved the Cincy line to 14 and a half. I took an alt line and, and took Cincy on that one ouch but, yeah sorry yeah didn't go well um alabama beats cincinnati 27 to 6 i have a few questions here most of them reside on the bama side because like honestly cincinnati just did not move the ball at all and i think a lot of that can be attributed to desmond ritter we'll talk about the fallout for him here in a second Bryce Young didn't have himself the best game either, you know, by his standards and especially by what we saw out of him last time that he played when they took on Georgia in that SEC championship game. And I thought he played, I mean, obviously not a perfect game, but considering the defense, he was playing a perfect game within that standard. Like he was amazing in that game. And really they wouldn't have won if he hadn't played at that level. 17 for 28 in this one, 181 yards, three touchdowns and an interception. They didn't really need him to be great. I mean, what did, did, did anything you take away anything for uh, for uh, on Bryce Young from this one? No, I honestly I didn't take away really anything from this. I mean, we have an entire season's worth of work from Bryce Young. I'm not gonna, you know, have one game where statistically he doesn't have the numbers that you might have expected from him in this one. But like you said, they didn't need him to throw the ball in this one. I think if he needed to. It would have been a little bit of a different story. I mean, the strength of Cincinnati's defense is their secondary, and Alabama knew that, and Alabama ran all over them. Um, this was a, a monster game by uh, by Brian Robinson. Who could have um, seen that one coming? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> oh, my um, gosh. But, yeah, this doesn't really change Bryce Young's um, outlook for me really at all. Uh, next week will be a big one for him, though, I think. Yeah, we're not going to, I guess we have another show before we have to pick that one. So we're not going right. to pick those games here tonight. We'll pick them next week. Um, I, w- I wonder a little bit if, if Mitching, missing Mechie uh, hurt that offense a little bit. You know, they, they have really relied on Jamison and him throughout the year. I mean, they're, they're leading two receivers by far. I, I am wondering a little bit if that offense works the same without Mechie. Remember, they were already up when he got hurt mm-hmm. against Georgia. Is that something you'll be watching for in the championship game? We can preview that again. We'll pre- we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's definitely something I'll be watching too because I do think that uh, Mechie, while I'm not going to call his season a disappointment this year because he was fine statistically, but he definitely got overshadowed by Jamison Williams. But he was still fine. But he, he was a big part of that offense, and I think him not playing in this one definitely had an impact. Despite them having you know what like four, three, four weeks, whatever to prepare. Um, yeah, it was, it was definitely an impact. And I think that kind of moves us into our, into our next topic here pretty well, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just hop right into that one. So a, a 
you know, for only having 181 total team passing yards, a big Ja'Cory Brooks day. He had a nice long touchdown in the first half there um, that kind of broke the game open. And actually, when he scored it, I was in our Discord and I was like, okay, that's, that game's over. Like, I'll, I, I can go to dinner and not uh, not worry about it too much here. Is he the next boundary guy that we want at Alabama? Yeah, um, he was the boundary guy that I wanted this year. Um, you know, somebody made a prediction here thinking that, you know, one of these one of these highly touted Bama guys that they brought in in this class would transfer. Um, I was pretty confident in Ja'Cory Brooks, though. You know, I, I like I liked his game a lot. It took him a little bit of time to work in there and, you know, in an injury, too. But he stepped up when he needed to. And he stepped up in this one. Uh, that that catch was huge. Like you said, that broke the game open. It was a really nice play. And I think he this is just going to kind of be more of the same for him, you know. We'll see how it goes against Georgia because that's a very different defense as well. Um, but I think if Alabama is going to throw the ball on him, I think Ja'Cory Brooks is going to have to be a big part of that. And I think, you know, moving forward next year with Jamison Williams presumed to be declaring that's going to open up a role for him on the outside. And I think he can step into that. I think he's, he's the guy you want. Uh, we were talking a little bit about it. He looks like he – I mean, I know – it's it's difficult to compare because a lot of these guys are just like bigger than everybody in high school. Like the guy that that was to for like that for me the most last class was Keytron Jackson. Yeah, and he's not the biggest guy in the class, but I, I guess just like the area that he was from, you could literally pop on any sort of Keytron Jackson tape, and I could pick him out in an instant. Like yeah. what? Like they're just bigger and faster and stronger than you know ninety percent of the guys out there. I thought Corey Brooks looks a little smaller, like in a good way. Like mm -hmm. like you know does not quite look as bulky. Um, so I think that could be a good thing for him. I wonder if that was a big part of his first year at Alabama was, was losing a little bit of weight, fine tuning, um, kind of, you know, how he needs to be built. Um, so th that was the, weirdly, that's the thing that stood out to me in this game. I was watching, I, was, I didn't wreck like realize it was him when he, you know, when I, he first caught that first ball, I was like, Oh, Jagori Brooks looks a little slighter in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he's, he has a frame too, where, like he doesn't he doesn't need to carry all that weight but he is probably heavier than you think he is still even though he's slimmed down yeah i didn't even look to see what he's listed at yeah i, I, um, I didn't either but 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 i think just you know i test he, he does not quite look as big um one other question on the bama side of things and we could talk about just you know the bama guys all day because that team you know obviously loaded up and down with guys that we like Trey Sanders, though, uh, had himself a, a decent game. Obviously, Al Alabama just kind of ran at will, as we talked about. Um, and, and Brian Robinson had uh, 200 yards or just short of 200 yards. I think he had uh, 200. Uh, 198. Um, so mm -hmm. he was just short. Trey Sanders, though, got the bulk of the touches behind him. 15 carries in this one, 73 yards. Uh, didn't score. Uh, but, I mean, that that's encouraging. I thought he looked okay i mean is is he a guy that could gibbs coming in can they be the thunder and lightning there next year um yeah he'll definitely have a role um i don't necessarily know if gibbs needs a thunder to go with him i think he can run between the tackles fine but i do think trey sanders is going to have a role there next year for sure 
Um, and for what it's worth, on... I don't think Alabama's sales pitch that Jameer gives was come here and we'll give you 400 touches. I don't no. think that was the sales pitch. <laughs> no, I'm so. sure it wasn't. Um, it's probably come here. We'll win a national championship. Yes. And then that's probably, I think they just recycle that pitch for everybody. But, um, no, I, I do think, you know, Sanders will have a role next year. I don't know how much I'm interested still. I mean, he's, he's had kind of a tumultuous college career here. So uh, it's tentative with me, but it's at least mildly intriguing. I think his value finally has dropped. Um, yes, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. like I know last offseason he was still kind of taken in a range where it's like, guys, like he's not going to play to start the year. He, he didn't. Obviously, he had that, that car accident mm-hmm. um, like a year prior. It took him a very long time to recover from that. But I'm pulling up his ADP here right now just to see where he's going. And let's see here. So Raheem Sanders. Trey Sanders is going at RB60. Pick 132 mm-hmm. overall. That's still probably earlier than I would want. Yeah. I would but I get it. That drops a little bit. But here's the call and some of the other names are going in his range. The three names above and below him. Roy Dell Williams, another Alabama back. Lynn J. Dixon. Uh, he just transferred to West, West Virginia. Virginia, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Omarion Hampton. True freshman is going to be going to their UNC. And then three below him, Chase Brown at Illinois, Caleb Hood, another UNC guy, and then Kayvon Lee at Penn State, who I think that's another guy that that's a that's drop a, mistake. a lot as the season goes that's on. That's a mistake. Um, in that range, I mean, I know like I, this is very unsettled. We only have six drafts mm-hmm. in here. I mean, I think I like him more than all the rest of those names besides maybe Roy Dow Williams. Uh, Lynn J. Dixon, I guess, could do something at, at West Virginia. If I had to pick a I still like range, Caleb Hood. Caleb Hood's probably the one I take in that range. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Take lock is a hell of a drug. I mean, well, actually, Chase Brown, if you're looking for some college production. But no, Caleb or Caleb Hood would be the guy I would still take in that range. I'd, huh. I don't know. I'm, I mean, Alabama just has five star after five star after five star in that backfield. You know, some of these guys aren't going to pan out. Yeah, and just the names that are going to be behind him next year, guys, are in the mix. You know, besides Roy Dell Williams, Chase McClellan, and uh, Jameer Gibbs, all guys that we have seen something out of in college so far. They will also have uh, five-star second year back at that point. Kamar Wheaton uh, coming in this year will be five-star Emmanuel Henderson and Jamarian Miller, who is a high four-star. I believe he's RB7 in the composite. Um, I might even be missing a guy, but it's a lot of bodies in there. Um, how many of them are good or not? I think remains you got to be seen. I think I did too, but you never know. Sometimes a guy sneaks up on me. No. Um, all right, Colin. So let's go over to the other side of the field. Then, like I said, we can talk Bama all day, but I don't really want to. The only name I really want to talk about in this game is Desmond Ritter. Cause I think, you know, Alec Pierce's performance for the most part hinged on what Desmond Ritter could do. And obviously Desmond Ritter didn't do much. Um, and then Jerome Ford, who was okay, but you know, I don't necessarily expect, I mean, Georgia really struggled to run on mm-hmm. Alabama. So I didn't necessarily expect Jerome Ford to be able to either. Um, did Desmond Ritter play himself out of the first round here, Colin? This is really his first real big test. And Notre Dame was an okay defense this year. I think they got better as the year went on. Um, but, but you know, he had a decent day against them. But this is the first really kind of elite defense. Yeah, I mean, he definitely looked outmatched. I mean, I think Cincinnati in general just kind of looked outmatched. Just the talent disparity was pretty obvious. But 
did Resmond Ritter play himself out of the first round? Was he actually really ever in the first round? I'm, there was some rumors. Buzz. Yeah. Buzz. Mm. We'll call it Buzz. That's what most we can yeah. give it. I mean, I don't think he was locked in by any stretch of the imagination. No, I see him going more in like the Kellen Mond range. I, I, that's kind of always where I thought he was going to go. And I, I, I still think he's going to stay there. Um, I don't think he's a round one guy. And, I, you know, I think this, if you thought he was, this should probably solidify that he's not, um, you know, so I, I think, yeah, probably like the Kellen Mond range, like mid to late date or uh, round two. I, I was talking with Ray uh, GQ about this a little bit. Speed of play has always been a bit of a concern when the game is sped up. Can he do it? I mean, he, they hung with Georgia last year. It was not due to Desmond Ritter. It was due to Jerome Ford, mm-hmm. uh, mostly, which is kind of how he, he blew up there. He, like it, the, that fat, you know, it, he has a half a second less to throw the ball. The windows close half a second faster. Uh, and he just, it was too much for him. 17 for 32 for 144 yards, no touchdown. He ran for negative yardage. I had the stupid me. I thought, you know, they were going to have to need him to run. His rushing prop on on prize picks was 16 yards. I took the over. I thought that felt really good about that. That feels um, easy. Yeah, that felt very, very easy. Uh, he did not even get close to that. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I'll make a prediction here now that he does not go round one. And it's not going to be solely based off this game. But I think if you had some questions about him and you said Bama will be the test where we can kind of see these things and test our hypotheses, think he failed most if not all of those tests was missing errant passes he was late and his athleticism did not stand out against the bama defense that is full of you know athletes it's not Tulane. no offense to Tulane. how dare you disparage the green wave i know i know that we have a ton of Tulane followers here watching us tonight so i apologize to all of you please don't leave please don't leave um, <laughs> all five of you yes all right so the other game here georgia michigan georgia obviously winning 34 to 11 um i picked i said i said michigan would score 10 i was so close i said it would not shock me if they scored single digits and they were they were a three for you know a large portion thank you todd lukewarm take tracker we're just <laughs> yes, gonna leave that up just... <laughs> next time another one we'll just update this as this goes on so thank you todd uh for checking in on this one uh for us so another week of georgia football calling another week of the james cook and brock bauer show they spread out the receiving like crazy let me just listen to these lines Colin. and it's going to take me a second to list all these so i'm sorry i apologize james cook three for 99 and a touchdown brock bowers six for 68 and a touchdown jermaine burton one for 57 and a touchdown adonai mitchell two for 34 and a touchdown Kenny McIntosh, three for 32. Lad McConkey, two for 14. Zamir White, two for 10. George Pickens, one for nine. Kiarch Jackson, two for five. They spread the ball out like none other, but it does always seem like at the top of that list, Mr. Cook and Mr. Bowers, they always seem to be those top two. Cook is starting to get some day two buzz um, as, you know, not an every down guy. I don't think any NFL team projects him as that. How do you feel about him being like a late round, like a top 100 pick? And he'll go between picks 90 and 100, let's say. James Cook? Yes. Um, I think that his school and his name recognition are going to prop him up a little bit more. Top 100. I still think he goes after that, actually. Um, 
I'll be interested to see even you know, with all he, of these signals from the NFL telling us the exact opposite of what you just said. All of what signals? Senior Bowl. There are literally all the all the guys that cover the draft are saying the NFL loves James Cook. Fair enough. I've Senior Bowl. I haven't seen anybody talking about James Cook about the NFL, but maybe I just don't follow the right draft guys. I don't know. But you only check on Twitter like twice a week, so I don't expect. That's a fair point. Um, I. I don't know. I don't I don't think he has an NFL future as far as anything more than just being a change of pace, third down type of a guy receiving back. I think that's what his role is. And if you really want to take that guy in the top 100, um, I would question that GM's decision making. I would say it's a severe misallocation of resources. Yeah. Is that a good way to put it? Yeah. They took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. Fancied them up a little bit. Those are actually my my word of the day for the next three days here. So I'm just ahead. Oh. That was my New Year's resolution is to, you know, be on the ball. So up your uh, vocabulary game. Yes, always, always trying to up my vocabulary game. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think James Cook is anything special. I think he could have a long career in the NFL. He's certainly not a guy. I don't know. I haven't sat down and looked at, you know, a lot of mock drafts. I don't think I would take him before the end of the second round. If I had a rookie draft, uh, you know, we're a C2C podcast, so we don't really do those. Uh, I'm trying to think of what I, you know, the, the equivalent I would trade him for. I don't have anything off the top of my head. I'm sorry. I'm so unprepared. Very unprofessional. Um, if we yeah, were I mean, live, I could sit here for 10 minutes and think of something. Yeah. I mean, if we were, if we're talking just in terms of rookie pick value, late second maybe probably more early third for me there's just more backs in this class that i like that i think have more of a an every down potential role like james ford or um, jerome ford sorry in the other one um you know I, I think he has a better nfl future than james cook does so here's here's one for you colin here's one for you i think this is actually a really interesting question i have no idea what you're going to say to this i don't either Jerry Ely declared for the NFL draft today as well. I believe James Cook had, or he's going to the senior bowl, so he's going to go. Which would you rather take? You have the 212. Let's assume draft capital is, for all for all intents and purposes, equal. One goes 99, one goes 100. No, they both go 99. It's the first time in NFL history that, yes, we'll, we'll have them go 99 to 100. <laughs> Who went 99? <laughs> <laughs> uh it's a secret it's a secret oh, okay. it's not for okay. you draft who who are you taking here of these two uh between those two i would probably take james cook uh, jerry and ely is just very small um i have definitely cooled on jerry and ely um I, in terms of nfl potential here he's just he's very small he's a a good athlete but he's not a great athlete he catches the ball well and i think that that he can have a role on an nfl offense in that capacity. But I think that James cook has the same potential there and is a little bit bigger. So, uh, and I do think James cook will go earlier than Jerry and Ely. Uh, I think Jerry and Ely will go if in this scenario, Jerry and Ely is the one going a hundred. It helps when your big bro is an all as a multi multi multiple time, all pro at the same position you play as well. Uh, I think Alexander Madison's a free agent. Maybe they go get James cook. Oh God. Um, I don't I, do we even want to talk about Brock Bowers? I mean, he's had another great game. It's, it's, uh, like, the, it's, it's boring at this point with him, mm-hmm. which I think is impressive. Yeah. The, the one thing I'll say is I think I'm ready to move Brock Bowers to tight end one. 
over Michael Mayer. Took you long enough, man. The water's fine. Come on in. Take your ta- take your robe off. <laughs> Colin's got the robe on tonight. We didn't even talk about that to open this thing up. No, we didn't. So yeah, right. I had to I had to wear it. You, you talked about it in the Discord. You hype the people up. Fair enough. Give them what they want. So I I had one question on Michigan, but we're actually going to talk about it later. Oh, so we'll, we'll oh, skip. Oh, yeah. we'll skip. Mm-hmm. We'll skip that question for now, um, because there like is literally almost nothing notable to talk about Michigan in this game. Like, yeah, it, there was a pathetic performance, and it was about what we expected. It's just the SEC this year; the, those top two teams just bigger, faster, stronger, uh, and better at football than anybody else. All right, Colin, let's do a little stock market, a little check in here. Let's see what players helped their stock the most here through some of these bowl games. We each each picked a quarterback, a running back, and a wide receiver. Um, and I'll let you kick it off, Colin, with the quarterback that helped himself. Uh, a show favorite, somebody that I picked mm-hmm. multiple times as a, a must-start in our start-sit competition yeah. this year. Yeah, yeah. that He's definitely a guy that you put on my radar, um, and that's Darren Granger for uh georgia state i mean he had himself he had himself a fantastic game i mean it was against ball state um who you know not the best team out there he's not playing alabama but he went 15 for 19 for 209 yards passing three touchdowns and also contributed 122 122 yards and a touchdown on the ground and that's just kind of more of what you expected to you know what you saw from him all year um, I mean, the completion percentage definitely higher than what he had on the year before that. It was at 59.6 coming into this game. Um, but he's a dual threat. He brings you know a lot with his legs there. And I think he is going to be an under-the-radar, another under-the-radar fantasy quarterback if you're using the zero, zero QB strategy that you know you have patented. I think he's a guy that you target this year kind of like you would target like a Preston Hutchinson last year or or somebody like that. I think he is uh he, he's going to have a nice year next year, I think. Every time that Fantasy-wise. somebody says zero QB now, I get a nickel. Mhm. Because I I did I did trademark this. So thank you, you have Colin, a lot of for, nickels. Yes, for saying it all the a pillowcase full. <laughs> don't ask why I have a pillowcase full of nickels. Um no, I think that's fair. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what their offense is going to look like next year, like if it'll be any good or not. Um, but obviously unseating a starter, um, a guy that we were actually really high on in Cornelius Brown coming into the year, mm-hmm. you know, not not like as an NFL guy. But we said, you know, this is a, a sleeper fantasy CFF kind of guy. And uh, for Granger to kind of take that, that job from him was pretty good. Um, there were actually a couple of options here, I think, you know, beyond Granger and beyond um, who I chose. I think Jack Cohn, obviously, I'm not buying Jack Cohn. He's done in Notre right. Dame, but he had an interesting performance. Spencer Sanders had a huge performance. Um, did you like, did you watch that game at all? Oklahoma State, Notre Dame? Um, I watched the end of it. I, I missed the first like three quarters. Spencer Sanders, like, I don't know what happened, but he actually finally did what I think, like, like my, how Mike Gundy sees him and like, you know, like that's how we actually played in this one. He 34 for 51 for 371 yards, four touchdowns, add another 125 on the ground. That's not who I chose, though. I chose Aiden O'Connell, uh, who uh, survived the shootout with Tennessee to win that game for the Boilermakers. Um, 26 for 47, 534 yards, five touchdowns, three interceptions. Obviously, you know, you don't want to necessarily see uh, those pick numbers, but. 
look, he made some big time throws in that game. He really, really did. I mean, they they would not have won that game without him. I don't think that's a a hot take. They barely hit over a hundred yards in a game where they scored forty eight points rushing. Like, holy crap! It, it was all through the air. Uh, with the, you know, with no David Bell, Brock Thompson had a big game. Payne Durham had a nice day. Uh, like, it got spread the ball around. I was very didn't even do anything. No, yeah, I I don't even think did he play. I don't think he he didn't record a catch. No, um, so like it was it was a really nice performance from him, a guy that I think you know. I think he'll get a little bit of you know, could this guy be an NFL draft pick buzz this offseason? I think he'll play okay this year. I don't think he'll do anything to actually cement that kind of status, but but I I think he can be a really nice fantasy producer next year. No rushing upside. That kind of hurts a little bit. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I liked um, Jack Plummer coming into the year here. I thought he was going to like have the job and then take off and, and you know keep it for the whole year. He did not. Aiden O'Connell came in. You know, they kind of yo-yoed quarterbacks throughout the year. And then Aiden O'Connell finished out the year. I think he played like all of the second half of the year. Uh, but whoever the, the starting quarterback there is, is going to get a ton of passing volume. Neither of them really bring much with their legs. But Jack Plummer's in the portal. So it's really Aiden O'Connell's job there. They do bring in um, Brady Allen as a, a freshman this year. So that's a name to keep an eye on for the future. But for next year, Aiden O'Connell is going to put up a ton of passing yards. I mean, he's going to be volume dependent. He's not going to bring you anything with the legs. When he plays a defense that shuts him down, it's going to be brutal. But I think overall, yeah, I think he's going to be definitely a fantasy relevant quarterback next year. And, um, you know, David at Solving Football, um, one of the guys that works with us at the site, um, mentioned us that Jeff Brom basically has has just gets obscenely uh, efficient and productive offenses out of quarterbacks that you would not necessarily uh, think. I think he got a, a top five season from Mike White mm-hmm. at Western Kentucky. He's had a couple other ones as well. Um, so you would think that that probably uh, helps Aiden McConnell's cause as well there. Running back. Um, you, you, uh, who you chose was who I, one of the guys I had in mind. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm I'm glad that you picked him. Yeah. The guy I chose, um, that really helped their stock here is Jabari small. And he's a guy that we've, you know, kind of been slowly pounding the drum for all season this year. He's, you know, a guy that I like a lot, have him stashed in a lot of places for C2C. He was actually Tennessee's leading rusher on the year here. Um, he had 140 carries. 791 yards, nine touchdowns, nine catches for 77 yards on the ground. There, I mean, through the air. So, you know, he was fairly productive this year, but it was a pretty, it was a pretty split up backfield there. Um, Jalen Wright had 85 carries. Tyon Evans had 81 carries. Uh, so they spread the the carries around a lot. But Jabari Small kind of dominated the carries in this one. Um, he had 26 for 180 and one. Jalen Wright had the next most uh, 17 for 54. Uh, Jalen Wright did not really look that great, but I think Jabari Small did. And Tennessee and and, um, Josh Heupel offenses are more efficient running the ball and put up better rushing statistics than people tend to realize. Everybody thinks of them as a fast-paced offense, which they are, and as an offense where you want the quarterback, which you do. But the running back, the running back's pretty good in those offenses too. And I think Jabari Small showed us, you know, what he can do next year with Tyon Evans in the portal or no Louisville. Right. Yeah. Tyon Evans going to Louisville. Yes. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, I, I mean, he's a guy that we've really liked on this show. I think we talked about him a lot this offseason mm-hmm. as the guy that we thought would emerge uh, from that competition. They do have Justin Williams coming in as a true freshman, a guy that I like. Have you watched him yet? I have. I do like Williams. Okay. I like him more than Samson, the other guy they're bringing in. Yeah, but Samson, um, they're very different backs. Yeah, Samson's third down back. Um, Williams, uh, and I believe, again, David said that he thinks he's hit 21 miles per hour, which is the mark you like mm-hmm. to see. Um, so yeah, I think that'll be interesting, but small should certainly have the leg up going into the off season here. Uh, I picked Travion Cooley, uh, who took advantage of all the other backs for Louisville being unavailable for this one, uh, and had himself a nice day, 18 carries, 92 yards, a touchdown. Uh, I had a few nice runs there. As you mentioned so kindly a few minutes ago, he does have to compete with Tyon Evans, who is transferring in there, uh, from Tennessee, but I do think Cooley you know, if they went out and got Evans and said, let's, uh, you know, we'll have a battle, best man wins or whatever. I think Cooley's at least going to make that decision very difficult and obviously was a pretty good recruit in his own right. And we all, he is a top five, six, seven back for most of us uh, in the class. So I think we all have faith. We'll just see, you know, does the coaching staff have that level of faith, especially after what he did in this uh, game against Air Force there? Yeah, I think that's what's going to be the most interesting thing there is how that backfield shapes up between Travion and Tyon Evans but we liked Travion Cooley we were very high on him coming in here I mean it was always kind of a year two thing um you know I didn't really expect him to do that much because did he not play his senior year I don't remember if he was one of the ones uh, yes uh wherever he was from just didn't have a high school yeah, yeah right because of COVID yeah right okay that's what I thought so yeah we were always kind of thinking he was a year two guy but you like the talent a lot I think he's more talented than Tyon Evans. Tyon Evans is a Juco transfer to Tennessee. Now he's transferring again. I think, um, I think Travion Cooley is a more talented guy. Uh, I do too. I mean, I really, really liked him. I thought I did not think he was on this level of talent, but I thought he was a kid where I watched him and, and it was like the same with Jameer Gibbs where mm-hmm. it was like, this guy is ranked way too low in the recruiting services. I don't know why he's this low. Obviously I do not think he's the same level of player as Jameer Gibbs. But it was right. that same kind of feeling as you were watching him and saying, why is this kid ranked so low? Um, so, so yeah, it, it's good to see him doing it. Last one's here, Colin, at wide receiver, uh, who helped themselves the most for you? Uh, I think Jaden Reed helped himself a lot. And he helped himself a lot this whole year. But in this game here for Michigan State with Kenneth Walker out, Um, You know, they kind of needed somebody to step up, kind of be the focal point of the offense there. And it was not anybody in the running game. They really could not get the running game going. Now, Pitt's run defense is better than their pass defense. Um, They have a a solid rush defense, but um, Jaden Reed looked good. Their pass defense is really good from the sense that they get to the quarterback very, very quickly. But if they do not get there, they are in trouble. Yes. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he helped himself in this one. He had six for 80 and two. Um, Jalen Naylor went six for one Oh eight in this one too, but Jalen Naylor just declared for the draft. We haven't heard from Jaden Reed yet. I do think Jaden Reed probably comes back, tries to help himself for another year here. Um, but he had a really solid year this year, 59 catches, 1,026 yards, 10 touchdowns. Uh, he contributes in the, in the kick return game as well. If you get yards for that. But I think he's going to be a big part of that offense next year with Kenneth Walker gone and with nobody really stepping up at running back yet. Now they will get Jalen Berger in. Um, They're connected to a couple other recruits that we like, Andrew Paul, um, Toronto Citizen. So we'll see who they bring in. But 
either way, Jaden Reed is, is going to be the number one wide receiver for that offense next year. I would be willing to bet good money that he is not there next year. You think he's going? Yeah, I think he's gone. Oh, hello, Mr. Jared. Fancy seeing you here. Yeah, I mean, he, um, he did have a nice year. So if you want to cap, if he wants to capitalize on it, I totally understand. But if he comes back, he's a guy that I like a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, sh- he should leave, lead the room. Uh, and I think he should probably go to the NFL. We will see. Um, I chose Lorenzo Styles Jr., a guy that I was not very high on coming out last year. I thought he was decently talented. I hate how conservative Notre Dame is as an offense. I don't know if I've ever said that on this show before. I don't think you have. I hate how conservative Notre Dame is on offense. They've ruined so many high-end wide receiver recruits over the past five to seven years. Um, Very few actually escape out of there and and make a name for themselves in the NFL. Um, But Styles kind of caught on toward the end of the year and had a big one uh, against Oklahoma State. Led the team in all... Well, okay. Michael Mayer led in touchdowns. He led in everything else. Eight catches, 136 yards, and a touchdown. Looked explosive. Um, looked very versatile. I'm not like versatile like JSN, but not as good. Like he looks like the kind of guy that I could see lining up all over the place, creating all sorts of mismatches, winning deep, winning short, kind of just being a target hog there. I'd be interested to see Tommy Reese, what he does with that offense next year. But Styles, I think, is certainly going to be the wide receiver one there. Kevin Austin, after the game, declared for the draft. So that's like the biggest wide receiver competition there for him. Um, so I think he's the clear alpha. Get Tyler Butchner in there. Get Lorenzo Styles in there. They have Chris Tyree and Logan Diggs in the backfield. Michael Mayer tight end. That offense all of a sudden is a lot less scary. I do still have some reservations about Tommy Reese because he was a conservative Notre Dame quarterback <laughs> and is now the offensive coordinator and has been the offensive coordinator there for a couple of years. So is he cut from a slightly different cloth than Brian Kelly and some of those guys we shall see. But I, I, I bumped Lorenzo styles like way up in my rankings after that game. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's definitely fair. Um, you know, he, like you said that the wide receiver room kind of clears out. I, I think, is Braden Lindsay going to stay there again? I think Lindsay he... will still be there. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think, Lindsay... think he's used up all his eligibility, but not a guy that I'm sweating, stealing too much away for being honest. No, I mean, he'll be he'll be on the field, though. That's the thing. I mean, they're just defer to the, the senior there. He'll get his he'll get touches. So but Lorenzo Styles should be the guy opposite of him. Yeah, and I think he's going he's in for a big year. Wouldn't shock me if he has 70 catches, 80 catches. Really, I just think you know he's going to be a target hog next year. Um, all right, Colin, we're going to have some fun here with this segment. I'm going to bounce a lot of stuff off you here. So we're we're doing some New Year's resolutions. Um, not us. We're perfect. I don't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Resolutions. What are you guys yeah. talking about? Um, what do I need to change? Exactly. Seriously, look at you. Yeah. You're beautiful. You're Thank smart. you. Thank that you. robe is just just perfection. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I'm going to do instead of presenting our New Year's resolutions, Colin. I'm going to present a New Year's resolution from a player, a coach, or a team. I called all these guys up. I said, hey, what's your New Year's resolution? They told me. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you. I'll ask you if you think it's a good resolution, if you think it's actually going to happen or not. I have four of them here for you, okay? Okay. We'll start this okay. off here. I called the University of Washington with new head coach, Kalen DeBoer, there, and I said, hey, guys. What is your New Year's resolution? They told me our New Year's resolution, Austin, is to open up the passing game more and take advantage of some of the assets that we have there uh, for that. Colin, 
do you think that that is a good resolution? Do you think it will actually happen? Um, I think that's a great resolution. They have a lot of skill talent. Uh, Jared, I'm sorry. Kirby Smart jokes. We He wouldn't we were... pick up the phone. There's yeah. no Kirby Smart here jokes here, actually, yeah. surprisingly. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I think they have a lot of talent at the skill positions. Washington does. They, you know, brought in Kalen DeBoer, I would assume, to use that talent. Like, Kalen DeBoer, everywhere he goes, has efficient passing offenses. He made Michael Penix look good, guys. He made Michael Penix look good. And Michael Penix is back at Washington. Maybe he does it again. Uh... Hopefully not. Hopefully it's Sam Heward. But... Yeah, I, I do think this is a good resolution, and I think this is one that they'll stick to. You know, this is the uh, this is the eat healthier one. You know, where I'm gonna I'm gonna have a veggie once a week. You're gonna have a veggie once a week. You're gonna eat something yeah. green, mm -hmm. not play doh. No, I had edamame tonight. Holy, shit. yeah, did you really? I did. Mm -hmm. I'm just picturing you in a high chair with a bib and. <laughs> Becca is like, here comes the train. And <laughs> that's, that's basically how I picture that. That's, you eating that's how it started stuff. out. But, you know, eventually edamame is fairly tasteless, depending on what you cook it with. So I could tolerate it. This conversation is so embarrassing for you every time we have it. Um, no, I agree with you, Colin. I think he has a bit of a mandate, or I believe that was part of the, uh, the sales pitch mm -hmm. by him to uh, uh, the school there that he would probably... Uh, bring that offense into uh, the century. All right, Colin, here's the next one. I called Billy Napier, new head coach at the University of Florida. He was really busy with recruiting, but he was able mm -hmm. to give me his New Year's resolution. Here's what he said. He said, Austin, my New Year's resolution is to utilize Anthony Richardson as a full-time starter for the Florida Gators. Do you think this is a good resolution, Colin, and do you think it's going to happen? I do think it's a good resolution. I think Anthony Richardson is just oozing with talent. You know, it'd be nice to actually get to see him use it in more than just running for 100 yards every week. Um, do I think it actually happens, though? I'm not entirely sure. I don't think Billy Napier is going to yo-yo at quarterback like Dan Mullen did with Emory Jones and Anthony Richardson. But I people make fun of Jack Miller. I don't think he's bad. You know, I think he's a very serviceable quarterback. And Billy Napier's offense is a little bit more conservative. It's more run-heavy. I think, you know, Jack Miller could be the type of guy that he's looking for to just kind of keep the train on the tracks a little bit, you know, whereas, you know, Anthony Richardson is is going to crank the train up to, you know, 100. And this is going to be uh, that train movie with Denzel Washington where they, you know, take the turn at, <laughs> at like 100 miles an hour. Um, that's Anthony Richardson. So I think it's a good New Year's resolution. Do I think it actually happens? This one may be the uh, sign up for a Planet Fitness membership. So we, resolution. I love how you're like doing analogies to like actual resolutions that people do. Um, so Jack Miller, I'm really disappointed that he actually didn't go home to Arizona because Arizona looks like it's actually going to have a fairly, oh yeah, Jared says that movie is called Unstoppable. Thank you. Yes. Jared. Yes. Our you. resident movie buff. Um I wish Jack Miller had gone to Arizona now, which I do too. going there with, with uh, I'm uh, Tedaroa uh, McMillan going there as well for high four star there in this class. Like that offense would be fun if they have a quarterback. Mm -hmm. I just don't know that they have that guy there. Um, so unfortunately um, we might have to suffer another year, but um, okay. So next one here, Colin. So I called 
Jim Harbaugh, and he was not very happy, obviously. Uh, yeah. I called him like 12 minutes after that game was over. He said, how the hell did you get this number? I said, it's okay, coach. Just tell me real quick what your New Year's resolution is, and I'll let you go. Uh, and after a lot of swearing, he said, my New Year's resolution is to give the keys to the offense to my young quarterback and let him take his lumps. And by a young quarterback, he obviously met J.J. McCarthy, but it's not a great sign that he didn't even know his name when he said that to me. Um, <laughs> so, Colin, is this a good New Year's resolution, and do you think this one happens? Yeah, I think that's a great New Year's resolution. I mean, Cade McNamara was fine. He was the Big Ten Stetson Bennett this year, um, where he was fine. That's an insult to Stetson Bennett. <laughs> it's an insult to the Big Ten, too. But, um, you know, he was fine. He kept the offense on schedule, kept him going. But he was never really going to win you a game. And I think that Michigan needs a better quarterback on there that could actually potentially win them a game when it came down to it. You know, I, I think, that, <laughs> I think that Jim Harbaugh, <laughs> sorry, Jared. Um, but I think that Jim Harbaugh is too conservative and I don't think this one actually happens. Um, I think Cade McNamara is going to come back. Cade McNamara is going to be the starter again. JJ McCarthy is going to get some package work here running the ball or, you know, maybe he'll throw three times in the game or something like that. But while I agree with this New Year's resolution, I don't think Jim Harbaugh does it. This is this is the I'm going to give up milk for Jim Harbaugh. This giving up milk. No, just enough Jim milk that that's something just, that they need to give just up. Just Jim Harbaugh. Is he a known milk drinker? Did I miss yeah. this? Yeah. Oh, OK. You never heard uh, that? He like drinks. No. Like, yeah, he drinks a ton of milk. Yeah, very strong bones. Um, yes, that's what he says. So this is a this is an interesting one. I don't know who put this one on here, um, but it was a good one for sure. Um, I could see either scenario playing out. So I, I don't know if I'm going to guess right now. I did. I will say, you know, we didn't really preview these games to have the you know, the, the the CFE games too heavily on here because we took a week off for the holiday. I did talk a lot about it in on Diffie debate. I said, I this feels like a game that if JJ McCarthy was a year older, you unleash him in this game. Obviously, it's scary to do that to your unexper inexperienced true freshman against the Georgia defense. We already saw what he did to DJU this year and Anthony Richardson. Um, so, but I like McCarthy is the kind of guy that he is really great outside of structure. He sucks within structure. Unfortunately, Jim Harbaugh wants everything basically to be within structure. If he can fix that this off season, then I think he has a shot to be a really dynamic option. But I do think this is a, is one that hinges on how well McCarthy can assimilate into an offense. I just don't think he, Harbaugh is going to open up that offense to allow him to like, you know, just, you know, be riffing and, you know, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff out there. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And if you want a non-Jim Harbaugh resolution, this is the I'll give up drinking this year. Ah. <laughs> I don't think it happens. Maybe I'll drink a little bit more. Maybe. <laughs> it's really tied to this one. Um, no, that's a good. Okay, so last one here then, Colin. Um, so I called Kyle McCord. We have a relationship. He came on the Debbie Debate last year. We spoke with him and his father. Uh, really good conversation. If you guys have not listened to that show, I recommend going back and doing that. Um, he told me... You know, he, he was it was hushed tones. He was in his dorm room. His roommate's a football player. He didn't want to say it too loud. Mm. He said, my New Year's resolution is I am going to read the writing on the wall here at Ohio State and get the heck out of Columbus while I still have a career. And then he hung up. 
Either that or somebody came and got him. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, Colin, is this a good New Year's resolution? And do we think that it happens? This is a great New Year's resolution. This is... I have a personal connection to the Washington one, just since I'm like, you know, the president of the Jalen McMillan fan club. But out of the other ones on this list, this is the best one. This is getting Kyle McCord needs to do this. He needs to read the writing on the wall. He needs to get out of Columbus. He needs to do it now where he can enroll in the spring and have a shot to start where he goes. Um, now there's not a lot of places open anymore you know there's been a lot of transfer movement at quarterback there's been a lot of transfer movement for everybody but there's been a lot of transfer movement at quarterback i'm honestly not sure where he goes that you know would be within his skill range and would have an opening there's not a lot of great fits out there for him anymore so he needs to do this now before it gets worse in the spring because if he doesn't do it in the spring and he transfers you know, at the end of the spring, the odds that he starts next year, at least at the start of the year, are even lower. Um, Jared said Old Miss UCLA does need somebody now. Um, UNC does have Drake May there too, which I I mean, I like Kyle McCord better than Drake May, so we'll see. Um, Old Miss, another good one there. But yeah, Kyle McCord, he definitely does need to do this one. Do I think he does it? Yeah, I think he does. I think I this... I Sorry, can't put I can't play a resolution guy and matchmaker here tonight. It's very, very difficult to wear both mm. those hats at the same time. But I will say that you know what would be the perfect place for him to go? I think he could start right away if, if things went the way I thought they would there. I think he is tailor made for Notre Dame. Whoa. It will not happen. No. But I think that would be a perfect match. He's kind of milk toast as a passer. He's not that creative. Like I think Tommy Reese would really vibe with that um <laughs> I, tommy reese is just catching strays tonight i'm sorry he i'm is. sorry mr <laughs> sorry, sorry. i'm is. sorry um but like i feel like that would be such a good match it's never gonna happen um, so I felt the need to would just it be a good out. match yes would i want to see that not really because notre dame what's the, what was the stat that people were throwing out in the bowl game or whatever like notre dame hasn't had a quarterback pan out since before Brady Quinn. I don't remember exactly what it was, but I, I must Notre Dame quarterbacks have been terrible. It's just Joe Montana. The last one. I mean, probably <laughs> I can't think of one. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, um, I think it would be a, a that's a great sales pitch an interesting fit. Um, all right. That is the end of new year's resolutions guys. Just two more quick little things here and then we will be giving away the jerry judy jersey so if you left and came on back right on time good work um so just real quick guys the bull competition that colin and i are are facing off and we had a lot of cancellations and we missed a game or two last week somehow when we were picking these um so just to recap week one i went six and three and colin went three and six on our bull picks and these are just straight up picking the winners Week two, we both went 12 and seven. So I'm still up three games on Colin. I have officially won. There are only two games left. Colin cannot catch me. So I won in the start sit comp competition and the bowl game pick them. Um, good for you. Colin is in for it next time I see him. Uh, he keeps dodging me um, at, at different get togethers here as of late. One game to pick this week, Colin, and then we pick the national championship next week Kansas State LSU. Uh, 
tomorrow. LSU apparently does not have a quarterback <laughs> available for this game, which is just amazing. They don't want to burn Nussmeier's red shirt. I believe that is the issue there with him. Miles Brennan was injured for the year. I don't even think he could play even if he wanted to. He did obviously enter the portal and then return. Walker Howard, the five-star coming in next year, not ready. Max Johnson left already. He's already signed on at Texas A&M. So it sounds like... TJ Finley, who was there, left. He's at Auburn. Like They they have just totally mismanaged that quarterback situation there. Uh, Good luck to Brian Kelly. He's notorious for being really good at managing the quarterback position. So a lot of things to look forward to there for Louisiana State fans. Who are you taking this game, Colin? Uh, I am going to take K-State in this one. Pretty, pretty comfortably. Me too. I'm also going to take K-State. I'm assuming the line has shifted majorly. I don't even know what it's sitting at anymore. Um, I think uh, resident betting expert Chris Moxley said, if you can find it anywhere under a touchdown, take it. But I think most places are at like seven, seven and a half right now. Gotcha. Gotcha. And I'm actually, you know, talking about Kansas State, I'm really interested to see what they do next year with Adrian mm-hmm. Martinez there. Obviously, we'll not be playing in this game, although the rules are made up and nothing matters. So maybe we see him <laughs> out there. Who the heck knows? Um all right, so that is that, Colin. We are going to do a freshman profile tonight. We did not do one last show because it was right after um, signing day. So we talked mm-hmm. a lot of just freshmen in general in that class and that uh, episode. Um, Colin, go ahead and talk to us about Walker Howard. Yeah, uh, pretty natural transition here. Um, Walker Howard, yeah. uh, five-star quarterback uh, by the composite. He's the number five quarterback out of St. Thomas More, Louisiana. Uh, committed to LSU. Kind of expected that all along, and then there were some rumblings after Orgeron got fired that he might go to Notre Dame. Guess what? Brian Kelly comes to LSU. Perfect. Um, so never really in doubt there. 6'1", 195. Uh, he's got pretty solid size for the position there. Um, now, he maneuvers the pocket really well. I think he escapes pressure, but he can, he'll keep his eyes downfield. Uh, he can take off and run when he needs to, but he's not really a huge threat with his legs. Um, you know, he'll pick up some chunk yards here and there. You can't ignore him in the running game, but if he's taken off multiple times a game, and, and, you know, you're, you're getting a little bit worried. You know, he's definitely the kind of guy who needs to get down. But when he is on the run, I think he throws well. He doesn't really lose a lot of accuracy. doesn't really lose a lot of arm strength there. I think he operates well in and outside of structure. Um, his offense that he ran was a quick hitting spread type of an offense. Uh, and, you know, he his, read the field very well, moved through his progressions very well. So he, I think he did very well inside structure for a high schooler. He has very quick release, good footwork. Uh, he does have a tendency to throw off his back foot at times, which can lead to some accuracy issues. He's got good accuracy overall, but his ball placement definitely needs some work. You, you'll see wide receivers having to adjust to the ball and, and you know turn around and catch it, which is not something that's really good to see in a quick hitting spread offense. Um, you know, you kind of want everything to be timing and in rhythm there, and I think he needs to definitely work on the ball placement there. Um, but overall, I think he's a fairly polished prospect. I think he has a high floor. I think he has just enough tools as well to make it to the to the, be an NFL type of a player. Um, you know, he's not going to wow you with his arm strength, but it's fine. He puts good solid zip on the ball. He's not really going to wow you with his legs, but he, like I said, he maneuvers well. He can pick up some yards here and there. So tools are fine. I, I think he has an NFL future there. I don't really have him as my QB five. I think that's a little high, but. 
you know, going into LSU where Miles Brennan is going to be back as of now. Miles Brennan, Garrett Nussmeyer will probably battle for that job. If Miles Brennan wins it, we could see Nussmeyer transfer and then Walker Howard could step in right after that. I think that'd be the perfect scenario for him. He is my quarterback nine. Um, I so probably I, should have I, had my rankings pulled. I, up. I do have him a little bit lower um, than he is in the ranking services. Certainly not a bad quarterback there. Um, yeah, the odds, I would put a lot of money on Miles Brennan being the starter there next year. Um, just, I would know, tend to agree. My, my vendetta with Brian Kelly knows no bounds uh, when it comes to that. Um, so I chose for mine here tonight, Luther Burden, wide receiver, the top wide receiver in the class, according to the composite, is going to Missouri. He's from Missouri, so he's staying close to home. There was a big get there for them. Uh, and part of the reason I chose him is because the Under Armour All-American game was this past weekend, and Burden was uh, probably one of the more impressive players in that game. Uh, opening a series of the game, uh, yeah, opening series of the game took a, a short pass, uh, broke a tackle, sprint down the sideline, uh, long touchdown, ended up leading leading the game in receiving. Um, so, so he had himself a nice game. And usually, at least in recent times here, guys, players that have performed very well in that game have gone on to do pretty well in college. It's you know that's the the best of the best. So him showing out there in the game and in the drills is a good sign. He's 6'2", 194. And like I said, he is from St. Louis there. Um, so staying close to home uh, at Mizzou. Uh, things that I like about him, he is a very savvy player already. He plays like he's been in college for a year or two. He, he, he understands how to create those little inches of separation here and there that can make a really big difference at the catch point. Um, you know, just bumping, you know, a little bump into the corner, push off, you know, very slightly, things like that. He's just really good at. And I think he, he understand. he kind of has that old man game, but he's, he's a very good athlete as well with it. So that that's a very good thing there for him. He's really versatile. He's lined up in the slot a lot, but he also lined up on the boundary. His touchdown this past weekend was on the boundary. So I don't know. I would assume he's going to play in uh, outside of Mizzou. They don't have a ton of uh, pass catching talent there. Um, but, but he can line up everywhere. I think that's a, a really nice thing there for him, especially at 6'2". Uh, he's a hands catcher for sure. He really attacks the ball when it's in the air. And if you've ever heard me talk about receivers, that is one of the things that I look for the most. I think JSN is amazing at it. That was one of the things that I loved about him coming out. Um, and, and I think Burden, uh, very similar in that regard. Um, and I think you know what he does really well is he has that quick transition from pass catcher to ball carrier. He's not reckless with it. He's not taking his eyes off the ball before he gets there, or you know, turning up field before before he's got the ball in his hands. But as soon as that ball hits his hands, he can make that first guy miss instinctually. Uh, always knows where the defender is, where he is on the field. Um, and so I think uh, all of those things are really working well for him. I do. There there was some some questions as to level of competition when I was watching. So obviously you know he's not going to make these these guys look quite as foolish. Uh, in college, although certainly he looked very good in that touchdown catch that he had uh, this past week. And then he does not, um, you know, he's kind of got that old man game, but again, not a hugely diverse route tree. So something he will have to build up. That's going to be something common uh, amongst most wide receivers coming out of high school. Um, so that is kind of my report on Luther Burden. It's interesting, 24-7, I believe Alan True did his his uh, eval. He comped him to Chris Godwin, and I don't think that's bad. I, some, sometimes the 24-7 comps are not very good, but I could see a lot of that in his game. Physical, um, you know, versatile, good hands, uh, kind of explosive as well. Yeah, I, I like Luther Burden a lot. Um, he is a guy that's rising up my rankings. He's going to be moving up pretty significantly in my next uh, 
in our next rankings update for the freshman. Um, I have recently just moved him up my wide receiver three uh, from where he was at, which was seven. And a, a lot of my questions were, like you mentioned, kind of like the level of competition based. I don't really know what like the level of football is out there, but you're not seeing um, Missouri turn out a ton of prospects. So I was I was having a hard time judge that, but he looked really what about, good. What about Doriel Green Beckham? <laughs> Fair. <laughs> uh, how many years ago is that now? Like 10? Many. I think um, I really just dated myself on that one. You did. Whoops. But, I mean, he reportedly looked really good all practice at, in, uh, at the Under Armour All-America game. He was one of the guys who consistently stood out, uh, and then he looked good in the game as well. So that answered a big question there for me. Um, now, and that's not the only reason I'm moving him up to, you know, I got a chance to go back and watch him. I watched him again after, you know, the buzz that he put on at the Under Armour All-American game. And uh, so he's, he's a guy that's moving up. So I like him a lot too. Yeah. Yeah. Really good player there. Um, so that is going to do it for the show here tonight, guys. And this is where we will cut it for the podcast audience. Um, so we'll just do our little outro here and then we will uh, give away the jersey guys so if you are not subscribed to any of the youtube page or to campus as a member go ahead guys check those things out it's $2.99 a month uh to be a member of the site $29.99 uh for a year we are going to have a ton of adp data this year coming we've already got uh some that's going to come out here soon uh from december we've got uh our freshman rankings are officially live on the site uh, and we have uh, some very extensive rankings beyond that. We have Jarek's data tools, just everything you can imagine, plus the Discord, which is a fun place to be um, on game day and just during the week sometimes randomly. We have some some good discussions in there. Um, be on the lookout for Canton Bound. The NFL half of our show uh, comes out later in the week, usually Thursday nights. Until then, guys, I am Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good one.